Hello fellow Steminists! I hope you're well wherever you are in the world right now. For anyone who's curious, I'm recording this from my bedroom. <laughs> it seems to be the room with the most soft surfaces which really helps with acoustics. Plus it's super comfy. <laughs> now today I have a really important episode to share with you where I'll be talking about why gender inequality exists in STEM. Everyone knows that gender equality is something we should care about, and there are some great initiatives happening right now. But until everyone understands why gender inequality actually exists, it's pretty hard to solve the problem. Now, I've written blog posts and spoken at so many events about this one topic because I believe this is the first and most helpful step in getting everyone on board with gender equality. By the end of this episode, you should have a really clear explanation as to why gender inequality exists so you can help motivate those around you to join on your Steminist journey. This is the How to Be a Steminist podcast. I'm your host, Tiffany, a proud woman in STEM. To me, being a Steminist means creating a wildly fulfilling career without compromising your family or social life. Because when you love your whole life, you become a living example that a career in STEM is where it's at. I'm on a mission to equip women in STEM around the world with strategies to take back control of their career progression, navigate those difficult and awkward gender equality issues, and stop balancing work with life and start enjoying it. If you want to learn all the things no one else teaches you about being a woman in STEM, you've come to the right place. Let's get stuck in. So obviously... Explaining why gender inequality exists in STEM today is a big and chunky topic, but I'll be going through the basics so you can have enough knowledge to really start to explain, educate and motivate those people around you, whether they are colleagues or friends, other women in STEM, etc, etc. So the things we're going to cover today are... A little bit of history. Now, history is not my forte, but I think it's really important to go back in time a little bit to see how things were done previously and how they affect ourselves today. So firstly, I'll be going through a bit of history, how it relates to us today as um, women in STEM or STEMinists, and a little bit about the bigger problem this gender inequality in STEM causes. I'll also cover why it is actually so important to know this stuff and that will be it. So I am keeping this short and punchy because I know it's a big topic. I think it's great to get started with a couple of these points now and obviously if you've got any questions I'm always here to answer them. So let's get stuck in. So firstly with a little bit of history. Why do you think gender inequality exists? This is a question I've asked so many people in my lifetime, 
And some will say that it's because women aren't assertive enough to ask for pay rises or assertive enough to put themselves forward for opportunities. Others might say that women choose to put their children first and therefore give up those opportunities or that women are naturally more nurturing and men are naturally better at logical reasoning, strategy, leadership, etc., which lends itself to a STEM career. The actual truth is that gender inequality exists because the world is moving at a faster pace than we can keep up with. So let me explain myself by taking you back to the caveman days. (laughs) Now, as I said, I am no historian. In fact, history was my worst subject at school. So I'm going to be really basic with these facts. If we go back to caveman days, there were gendered roles. So males typically protected the tribe and took up leadership positions. Females typically raised their children and did less of the field work and more of the nurturing work. I know that this is not true for all historic tribes, but mostly this is what happened. Now, A human's physical makeup determined these roles. Men have more muscle mass than women, so they're out doing the protecting, the hunting, all that physical stuff. And women are obviously more able to bear children than men. It was really important for a woman back then to be likeable and to fit in with their tribe. Without the protection of the group, you were most likely going to be left for dead. Now, if we zoom over to modern day, if you are listening to this podcast, you're probably in a fairly stable and safe environment. You probably don't need a group of men to fend for you, and you have the same rights as men in society. So maybe you might feel like my little history lesson about caveman days is totally irrelevant, But gender equal rights are actually a relatively new thing, believe it or not. Let me give you a couple of examples that I've taken from women's women's rights history from the UK. So in 1964, so this was when my parents were children, okay, so not that long ago at all, in 1964, In the UK, the Married Women's Property Act was passed. So this meant that women are allowed to keep half of any savings from the allowance given to her by her husband. (laughs) Great. Well done. (laughs) Great for women. Then a couple of years later in 1970... Women, um, working women are still refused mortgages without the signature of a male guarantor. Can you imagine that? In the 70s, really not that long ago, working women, so women who could financially look after themselves, still had to have the signature of a male in order to own property. Blows my mind. Five years later, in 1975, the Sex Discrimination Act was passed. So at this point, it's now illegal to discriminate against women in work, education and training. So that means before 1975, it was 
legal and completely normal and accepted by society to discriminate against women just for being women. In the very same year, the Employment Protection Act was passed, meaning it was finally illegal to fire a woman due to pregnancy. That is completely unthinkable right now in our day and age, isn't it? Now, five years after that, in 1980, women were finally able to apply for credit cards and loans. I still can't wrap my head around that it took until the 80s for women to be able to have access to credit cards and loans. Then five years after that, in 1985, the Equal Pay Amendment Act was passed. So finally, women were allowed to be paid the same as men for work of equal value. And then in 1990, so this was the year I was born, so literally not even a generation ago. In 1990, independent taxation became a thing in the UK. Married women could finally be taxed separately from their own husbands. The point I'm trying to make is that back then, in order to get by in life, women needed to appeal to those in power, and those in power were men. They needed to look good, not be offensive, not rock the boat, and it was a woman's lifeline to fit into society. Outcasts weren't accepted and therefore less likely to have access to a man who could then grant her money to buy food and put a roof over her head. It really wasn't that long ago that women still needed a man in their life to get by. Yes, they no longer needed someone to battle a saber-toothed tiger for them, but the things they needed to survive were money and a roof over the head. And to buy property and own a bank account you had to be a man, or at least have a man's signature involved. Can you imagine how frustrating that would be? Anyway, how does this actually relate to us today? In our day and age, women can sign for bank accounts and credit cards. They can own their own homes. So big whoop, right? Well, not quite. Although the rules have changed to be a bit more gender equal, Our society's behaviour and beliefs take a little longer to change. I call this a cultural hangover, and it can be explained like this. When you were a baby first born into the world, how do you think you first learned how to behave in the world? Any guesses? Yeah, by watching your parents. So the baby version of you learnt how to behave based on the previous generation's way of interacting with the world. And your parents also first learned how to behave by watching their parents and so on and so forth. So although you might not like to admit it, every single one of us still holds beliefs and behaviours that we have borrowed from our parents and they were borrowed from their parents, etc, etc. It is no wonder that even today, when a woman walks into a male-dominated workplace like a STEM workplace and she doesn't fit in, she feels at threat. Us women likely still hold a bit of that old belief that fitting in is crucial to our survival. 
if a male-dominated workplace isn't welcoming to women, the amount of resilience that that woman needs in order just to do her day job is crazy high. It might almost feel like it isn't even worth it anymore. So if we continue to let these old beliefs that we borrowed from our parents drive us, it's going to take generations to change society's behaviour. And that is what's happened in the past few decades. You know, we've we've kind of got to this point where we've got equal rights, yet we still face such a massive gap in gender in STEM. And if you look at the past figures, it hasn't really gotten that much better in the past few decades. Even if the world wants to change at a certain pace, this cultural hangover slows it down. So if we just let nature take its course and wait for all these generational conditionings to leave society, it's going to be too late. Now, there is a bigger problem at stake with this gap in STEM, this gender gap in STEM. There's already today a massive shortage of STEM workers worldwide. And in the UK alone, there's already a shortage of 170,000 STEM workers today. Then in the next 10 years, the number of STEM roles in the UK are expected to double. This is probably pretty similar to most countries in the world right now. If we don't fill this gap, it's going to have a detrimental effect on the British economy and we aren't going to have the capacity to solve the world's biggest problems. Now, the reason I'm telling you this is not to make you disenchanted and give up on the world, but so you have awareness. And I hope that this awareness will go towards helping society change at a faster rate than it already is. So now that you know why gender inequality in STEM still exists today, I want to highlight why it is so important for you to know this stuff. There are a few benefits to knowing all of this. Firstly, when people say to you that gender inequality is no longer an issue because women and men have equal rights and that women should just get on with life, you now have the knowledge that it's not as simple as just changing a few policies in the world. You can now educate those people on what I've just shared with you. Secondly, you can now look out for and be more aware of your own beliefs and biases that you might have borrowed from your parents or learned from society and world experiences. For example, when I first learned all this stuff, I always found myself criticizing how women looked on TV. It was kind of a favorite pastime of mine. I know, so mean, right? But I realized that the reason I did this to women and not men was because of that social conditioning I bought into. Women should look good, not stand out too much, not rock the boat, etc. So when I learned all this stuff, I was able to be more aware of my own beliefs and behaviors and make that shift in myself. And thirdly, the final reason as to why it's so important for you to know this stuff is to know that women do actually have it hard in this world. Yes, we are lucky to live in an age where we have equal rights with men, but if you sometimes still feel like you're hitting a brick wall, 
it's not your fault. It is because we still live in a world where gender inequality does exist. As you can probably tell, I am super passionate about educating the everyday person about gender equality because I really don't think it's talked about enough in the right way. My approach is to not fight people who don't see things my way, but to listen to their views, then educate them with mine. I hope that you can take a similar approach too. So we're having open-minded, friendly conversations about the big issues that matter in the world. So go ahead and share this episode with your friends and colleagues to help spark that change in your community. If you learned something from this episode and you found it useful, I need your help. If you could help me by giving this podcast a five-star rating and a comment in the reviews of your favorite podcast app, that would be so great. There are two main reasons I ask for your help with this. Firstly is, how often do you look at reviews before you try something out? I almost always look at how many ratings there are and read the reviews before I choose to invest my time into listening to a podcast. So if you also want to support gender equality in STEM by spreading knowledge, you can do this by helping me out with a five-star review and a comment in the reviews. The second reason is that your review comments let me know what topics you're interested in hearing more about and your views about my podcast content. This way I can improve and provide future episodes that suit your needs. That is the whole reason I made this podcast, right? Now, the next episode will be published in a week's time. If you haven't listened to episodes one and two, they are out already, so go back and check those out. Next week's episode will be all about how to land a job that doesn't suck. Have an amazing weekend ahead of you, and until then, take care.